Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another episode of Unschooled Unleashed. we got a fantastic episode for you today. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to be talking about cultivating a love for reading. I really think this is a gateway to lifelong learning, and that's why I've called this episode that. Uh, we're going to give some practical application, and specifically, I'm going to tell you how I do it in my house with my nine, eight, and five-year-old to encourage reading and really make them love that learning. So without further delay, let's jump into today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about cultivating a love for reading, and I really believe that this is the gateway to lifelong learning. Uh, I don't think it's the only way to do it. But I do believe that uh, being able to read and comprehend and having that love for it is something that's going to really benefit us as human beings. Therefore, our children, we want them to love reading as well. And our whole goal with incorporating the principles of unschooling is so they don't hate learning. In fact, they love learning. They find their genius. And... Reading is one of those things that kids often hate because they're forced to do it. And what we want to do is allow them to choose and uh, what what they want around reading, the choices, the the timing. But we can make some adjustments to encourage this and create a great environment for this to happen, for them to fall in love with reading. Some kids don't even know they might even enjoy it. But we can't force them. Otherwise, we're going to make them hate it. At least that's my belief. So let's jump into today's episode um, to encourage reading. That's what this is about. I believe reading is a foundation for lifelong learning, as I stated. I believe it opens doors to different perspectives, cultures, and knowledge. It teaches kids to learn their self. How, what do they like to le- learn about? What do they like to read? What do they, is it long form, short form? All this stuff, it's a big deal. I think it encourages the use of imagination. Really, we're taking text and making it into images in their head. I think that's an important skill to cultivate as well, especially in this age of distraction that's only going to get worse, where we're just looking at images, we're not using our imagination. It's the difference between reading a book and watching the movie that they created based on the book. Almost always, people who at least read the books are huge advocates saying the book is better, they did okay with the movie, they did great with the movie, but the book is always better. Because you're using your imagination, I think that's why that happens. At least that's, again, that's my belief. I think uh, they can discover more about what they like and don't like in this form. Because reading just has so many options, there's so many books out there. You can explore the entire world from a book and it's been around for the printing press since the days of Benjamin Franklin. And you know, that's that's a long time. That's hundreds of years. So we have a lot of good wisdom put into books, a lot of discover things to discover. And I just think it's a good thing to pursue if I'm 
a young person building that learn, uh, love for reading. So how are we going to do that? So this is more of a practical episode where we're going to talk about how we can set up that experience where they would actually want to pursue it. So the first thing is creating a reading friendly environment. And this is one of the biggest, most impactful things I've done with my children. A reading friendly environment environment nurtures love for books. And some of the ways you can do that are making books accessible and, and visible in every room. Now, I'm going to give you advice, and some of these things are aspirational things for me, okay? <laughs> I'm not perfect, despite what what I made, uh, the front I might put on on the podcast. I do my best, you know? So, and this is, some of you are going to be able to do even better than me, I think. Uh, I don't have books in every room, but we certainly have them in the important rooms, which is in their bedroom, because we allow them to stay up, and I'm, I'm going to talk about that reading and wake up early reading. Uh but we need to make them accessible to them at the very least. We need to create a cozy reading environment, a place to do that with good lighting and create times where reading is attractive. So again, my personal uh, experience with this, with my children is quiet. we create quiet times in afternoons where we're not gonna go crazy, we're staying off screens. They can do anything they want as long as it's quiet. Basically, they're going to either pick up a book, pick up a pen, or do something a little bit more creative that they don't require much assistance from us. And I think this is a, a big way to do that. I We also create these times when they can read where it's additional quiet times when they go to bed. So we're going to go to bed, and they could stay up as late as they want doing something quiet. This is reading and writing. No screens at this time. But they choose to get a lot of books. And they can stay up as late as they want. Again, they're going to learn more about their self doing that, finding their, how much sleep they need, wake up as early as they want, and they can pull these books out. And I think this creates a great environment for them to fall in love with it. And they really do. They have their own favorite series of books. And they got a bunch of other kind of books that I would hope they would want to read, but I just do make I just make them available to them. So with that reading friendly environment, it does encourage reading. Next, we introduce a variety of reading materials. I believe exposure to a diverse range of reading materials broadens their horizons. You can offer books, magazines, comics. Uh, I don't particularly dive into digital content, but it is an option. Uh, they do use it, but not during our quiet times. That's just my own personal preference, just so they stay off screens. We encourage them to explore different materials to discover their interests. So it, it can be really in a lot of different places. Now, my personal example is they, they, the kids are really into comics right now. So I have books that are in comic format, and we get those from the library just because they go through it so fast. They're reading every single day, multiple times. We get them in encyclopedia, science books, nature books, anything that we can think of that they might be interested. Uh, so that way they can learn and whatever they're curious, let, let, let them follow their curiosity. That's really what I'm trying to let them do. We got how-to books, like how to do magic tricks, juggling, chess, those are some things they've been into. And we don't 
purchase a lot of books unless they're reference books for the most part, just because the reference books like the encyclopedias or science books, nature books, those things they can leaf through and kind of jump around, but they go through so many books so fast. We just utilize the library for those comic books and longer form books as well. But we also get some of the encyclopedia books at the library or science books at the library. So uh, we, you can mix and match. We just don't want to spend money on something they're only going to read once. With the reference books, they really do reference back, which is kind of cool. Next practical uh, piece of advice, if you want to call it that, is making reading an enjoyable experience. Enjoyable reading experiences fosters a positive association with books. Again, we don't want them to hate that. That's the whole thing with unschooling is we want them to fall in love with learning and not hate it. So some of the ways we do that in our family uh, is reading aloud and sharing stories as a family. And usually we do this in the form of something they've created, but we will read to them on our own. We visit libraries, bookstores, and attend uh, different events that might focus on reading, stuff like that. And you can check out your, per your own local library to get involved with some of that stuff. We also participate in reading programs here in Cuyahoga County, which is the county we are in. It's a Cleveland, Cleveland's county, Cleveland, Ohio's county. They have a fantastic library system, and they have this challenge for kids to read books over the summer. My kids always love to do that because they'll finish it in like two weeks. But they'll get a prize at the end, and they can do it multiple times to get more prizes. At least that's what they've done in the past. I don't know if it'll be like that in the future. But <laughs> if you have a library system like that, motivating kids in that sense is also good. We just have to be very careful about these reward programs, in my opinion, because when you do something for your own personal enjoyment, it builds a love for it. When you do it with an end result in mind, sometimes you're forcing yourself to do something that you don't necessarily want to do. So you got to be very careful with that. But I give them a choice whether they want to do it or not. And as of right now, it's been a positive. If I ever see that changing, I am not going to encourage that. Uh, personally, we take kids to the library at least weekly and we keep, it keeps the variety going with the books and they don't get as bored. We ask what they're reading about as well. And this makes it a more enjo enjoyable experience and it and builds relationship too. A lot of times what I do is we, we've been, our life is really crazy right now. Okay. We have a brand new dog who's about 16 weeks old. So we're in the whole potty training thing. She's very stubborn dog because she's a dachshund, a miniature dachshund. And while they are smart, I think the smarter your dog is, the more stubborn they are, is <laughs> my theory. She's very stubborn and we're working on her obedience to us as the pack leader, if you will. We've been watching a lot of Caesar Milan stuff and trying to use that. So we're trying to establish ourselves as the leader and it just takes a lot of time and it's Bedtime is a very laborious time for our family, at least for the parents, because we have to create her, teach her self-soothing so that way she can be alone. We're also exposing her to a lot of different noises because dachshunds are barkers and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So we're getting to bed, needless to say, very late and waking up throughout the night with our little puppy. Anyways, moving on. In addition to managing the dog, uh, we also have a very chaotic life in the evening because we got our kids in a lot of activities like Awana right now and 
gosh, I can't even remember everything, but a couple nights a week we got something going on. And we're continuing to add to that, of course. But we're getting to bed really, really late at times. Our kids are getting to bed late. The dog's getting to bed late, so I'm showering late. I'm also involved in activities. I do some uh, swimming, uh, training with the coach, and so chaotic life, late nights, and I'm often showering late into the evening, and I look over and I see the kids' lights on. And again, they're allowed to stay up as late as they want, but when I see their light on, this is an opportunity for me to walk in there and just have a one-on-one moment where I can ask about, hey, what are you doing? What are you, oh, you're reading a book. Okay, what are you into? Wow, cool, well, tell me about Big Nate. What's, what's, what's going on with him right now? What's, what's the story, what are you reading? And it's a way to build that personal love bond in between making uh, reading enjoyable because they actually get to communicate it out to me and just you know taking interest in their life, they, they enjoy that. So, uh, yeah, create those enjoyable experiences by making it a lot of fun is kind of to recap. Give them a lot of variety. Next practical piece of advice, if you're willing to take advice from someone like me, is interacting with text beyond reading. So engaging with text beyond reading enhances the reading comprehension and appreciation for reading. This means discussing books, maybe storytelling what's going on, uh, creating an art based on on what is read. Uh, I think there's just some new skills to be, to be developed beyond that, but it'll increase their appreciation for reading. Also encouraging creative projects related to the reading material. Personally, we uh, read the children's Bible to our kids. We used to, we made it a habit to read it every night for quite a long time. We, we've kind of fallen out of the habit. However, we do discuss the family stories, and I think we'll probably bring that back now that I'm talking about it. Uh, we discuss the stories as a family, and oftentimes we can do that kind of stuff even during dinner and just have a dialogue and questions can get answered. And I think it's a really cool way to engage with your children. And like I already said, I, in the evenings, I talk with them a little bit. However, that's less about uh, engaging with them in the about the text, and it's more about just building the relationship and making and showing an interest in their life and uh, hearing about what they're what they're doing. I think that's a lot of fun. Next practical piece of advice is incorporating technology and audiobooks. So a lot of people say reading is not listening. I agree, but I disagree. <laughs> I think really reading is great because there's so much more out there in the form of text. However, I think we can learn in multiple different ways. I prefer reading uh, reference material and uh, like how-tos in a, in a form of text, but I like audiobooks better because I can do something else at once and I can just consume information a lot more faster. It takes a lot less uh, time for me because I could just increase the play speed. I can listen faster than I can read. So, um, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with audiobooks. However, I do want to encourage that they they fall in love with reading just because I think it's so much, it's so valuable. But technology can enhance and support reading habits. Utilizing audiobooks and e-readers to cater to, to different reading preferences I think is valuable. And exploring educational apps that promote reading and literacy is also something that's good. Some 
some odd ways we do that, or maybe not so odd, maybe you've done this too, is we, <laughs> I brought out the Super Nintendo and the Sega, and they didn't, they weren't able to speak in a lot of these older systems. So my kids can play a whole bunch of games, and one of the games that they have to read to play is Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. And I think it's just a way to, you know, show them that reading is can help them. It, uh, you know, in the beginning when they started playing that, they weren't very good readers and the text went too fast. But they really liked the game, and because there's a story to the game, it's a it's a role playing game. You're you're Mario, and you have all these other characters. But they would play it and then read it, and there was a reason to get a little bit faster, at least in the back of their head. I don't think it was so apparent to them. But they become very good readers over time, and now they can play that game with no problem. There's also apps that help with reading. Uh, one of the apps that's been recommended to me, which I have yet to download for my five-year-old, is Duolingo ABC. But we're going to start testing that one out. And really, it's there's a lot of apps out there that require reading to play. For example, we have a, uh, I think it's by PBS, an app for kids that has a lot of reading in the instructions as well as uh, the Bible app for kids. I, th I think that's what it's called. Um, where they're, they're going to hear the stories, but you can also read along with it. I think that's good. Outside the box thinking here, just putting closed captions on your TV when they're watching something so they can learn how the words are spelled and said. I think that's going to help with their reading and writing. Next practical piece of advice is setting personal examples as parents. I think parent modeling significantly influences children's reading, ha readings, reading habits. The reason I say that is because we are the main role models in our children's life, especially when they're younger. Eventually, they're going to have other role models, and it's going to expand, and it should. But when your parents do something a certain way, you tend to have that habit. And if it's a bad habit, you're going to have to break it as an adult. And if it's a good habit, great job. <laughs> you set them up for success. So I think sharing personal reading experiences and discussing books with our kids is important. Letting them see you read, meaning you set aside time for personal reading to model it, is also a good thing. Personally, I read in front of them. It normalizes it. I usually try and do, uh, is this true? I like to try and read a devotional in front of them. But I've uh, created an office in my attic, so I don't really do that as much that I'm thinking about it. So shame on me. But I do talk to them about what I learned from reading. Uh, and I'll read other stuff in front of them, usually on screens, which I don't like as much. But they do see a book in my hand, especially when it's a, uh, a reference book. So I think that's good. But we as parents should be, if we, if we want this for our kids, if it's something good for our kids, it means it's good for the human being. And if it's good for the human being, it's good for us. We might have different goals for our kids than us, or it might be a different season. But just as a general rule, we should be modeling everything that we want our children to do. Because if it's a good, it sets them up for success, if it's a good life, if it's good for them in whatever way, it's probably good for us. At least that's something to think about. Lastly, we 
should encourage autonomy in reading choices. Autonomy in reading choices fosters a personal connection to reading. You can do this by allowing children to choose their reading materials based on their interests. Again, the self-directed learning, interest-based. Respecting and appreciating their choices, even if it differs from your personal choice, personal choice. And finding their preferences helps them know their self better. Again, this is about exposure and the world is just wide open when, when they can choose whatever they want. And we, especially if we have a library system. However, what I'm not saying is allow them to read things that you think are unethical, amoral, it's not good for them, right? As they get older, some differing opinions actually may be good. However, when they're younger, we need to make sure that it's, they're setting up a framework for the way they view the world and certain things I think should not be given to an eight, nine, 10 year old child when they're trying to set up the framework for how they view the world. In particular, I don't allow uh, any kind of, like like when the, when the characters do things that I don't like unless it's a teaching lesson. Like of course there's gonna be characters within some of the comic books, like they disrespect the other characters I don't think that's great, but it's a good example to talk about. And we can actually reference it when we say, hey, you're being a bully to your sibling or your friend, just like in this uh, book. Is that who you want to be to them? Because that's what you're telling them you are by your actions. And and these are good teaching points. I do not want to give them a book uh, (laughs) that says things are okay that aren't okay. For sure, I don't want to do that. So this might be a uh, disrespectful kid, and that's the main character, and somehow glorifies the disrespect that they show towards parents, towards others. They're selfish, they're this, they're that. Or maybe delving into things that I don't believe uh, should be exposed to kids at a young age. Uh, Not talking about those. In, in our personal life, we do use the library to, and make it an exciting place where they can learn anything. Again, this just opens up the world. And again, with that, that's with reason, with reason. And we do give them the freedom to choose. We, of course, as the parent, I believe it's our responsibility to care after our children and look through what they're reading. And uh, as long as we're doing that, I, th- I think we've fulfilled our responsibility. So in conclusion, lifelong reading I believe is a gift that you can give your children. It impacts uh, their whole future in many ways. If they can read, then they can travel anywhere in the entire world and they can use their imagination uh, basically to travel in the entire world, if that makes sense. (laughs) They can reflect uh, on certain things. They can learn how to do certain things. They can find their self. I really think this exploration is a big deal and a huge gift. So do with it what you want, but if we can open up these doors and make them really fall in love with reading, I mean, that's gonna be a superpower in the future with all the distraction out there. Look at the rest of the population. At least in the United States, I can only speak from that perspective in uh, 2023, which is uh, currently where I sit in time. 
distraction, distraction, distraction. That's, that's where we live. And I don't think that is using your imagination. There's certainly a time for distraction. We can't be on all the time. We certainly need to have things just kind of pull us out of a, you know, the da- daily monotony where we can just kind of go over and do whatever we want. And that, that, that's usually putting on a movie or a TV show or, you know, flipping, flipping through whatever social media platform you use. However, that can't be your whole life. And that's where the world is pulling us right now. So we limit screens. We give a bunch of books. We make sure they're wholesome books. They're interesting books. We make sure they're choosing their own books. And that's how we choose to do it. Creating those spaces, all that stuff. So you can, hopefully you're, you're getting a vision for what you want to do. And maybe you're even out, outperforming uh, everything I've listed on here. Good job. Make it a habit. Continue it. Cr- uh, that Continue that environment and just uh, allow them to flourish and grow. With that, I will conclude this episode. So, stay curious, stay in schooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. Catch you in the next episode. Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our homeschool rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.